Dan Dickow here for Gonzaga Nation Media Network, and this is the fourth episode of our preseason previews for each team in the WCC that is not named Gonzaga. So with this being a Monday, our weekly WCC weekly roundup, it is the fourth edition of a team preview. Today, we're going to look at the, the Cougars of BYU out of Provo, Utah. This is their last year in the WCC before they moved to the Big 12. Uh, lots of things going on in BYU these days. Um, they are kind of the team in transition right now, in in my estimation. And the reason being is uh, they came into the WCC with, with such high expectations. Um, there was a lot of chatter about they were going to be competing for WCC titles every single year. And They've always been in the upper tier, but they haven't been able to truly break through and knock either St. Mary's or Gonzaga off the perch of being the top two teams in the league. Obviously, Gonzaga being the, the best team in the league for quite some time. Uh, they really haven't even been able to give uh, St. Mary's uh, a, a bump down to that three spot. But that being said, they've been tremendous. They've made the NCAA tournament a number of years. A season ago, uh, you know, had you said, hey, there's going to be three teams from the WCC in the tournament, you would have quickly said, okay, well, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, BYU. Well, that was not the case. San Francisco made that jump, made the NCAA tournament a season ago. Santa Clara was on the on the cusp based off of their analytics with quad one, quad two victories, Ken Palm, uh, net rankings, etc., and BYU actually hung tough. Uh, they had a great start to their season. Then they had some injuries kind of, I don't want to say derail their season, but they had some injuries and they had some close losses that really impacted them. But at the end of the year, they were still on the borderline fringe in regards to net rankings and Ken Palm and quad one, quad two wins that the uh, selection committee looks at when they pick the field for the NCAA tournament. They were right there. They just couldn't. Uh, I don't think they just they just didn't have that one or two signature wins mid to late in the year that would have give them that boost. But they were 24 and 11 on the season, nine and six in league a season ago. They had some really good, good wins, but those were early. Uh, one of them was against San Diego State, uh, who's, you know, been a power in the Mountain West for quite some time. They had a, a dominating win against Oregon, 81-49 early in the year. And I think that's what maybe gave a lot of people um, some early thoughts that BYU was going to be really good last year because Oregon ended up being down. They improved as the season went on, but they really were not good that first half of the year. Um, so created a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement that they could be that team, but they they – were impacted by the last loss of Gavin Baxter on the interior. Uh, they didn't get a lot of scoring punch on the interior to help their backcourt, which was really good a year ago, and Alex Barcelo and Tijon Lucas. But they had a four-game losing streak at the end of February uh, that really kind of uh, solidified that they weren't going to make the tournament. They did play in the postseason. Um, they made it to the NIT where their season ended against the Cougars of Washington state. So a double Cougar matchup there ended up going to Washington state, but, uh, injuries and consistency were really the two big things last year that, that they struggled with. Um, they're a team that's relied a lot on three point shooting. They've played at a fast pace. I don't expect that or see that as changing, 
Um, but really what BYU is going to have to do this year is figure out how to replace their backcourt. Uh, I think they've got some nice pieces on the wing. They've got some nice pieces on the interior, both returning players as well as a couple newcomers. But, you know, Alex Barcelo was as good a guard in the WCC over the last few years um, that you had to prepare, prepare for. I mean, a season ago, he averaged 17 points, three assists. Um, but that doesn't really kind of paint the full picture because so much responsibility was put on his shoulders. Um, wasn't a true point guard. Tejon Lucas played more of that role a season ago, but they asked him to bring the, the ball and initiate offense a lot. As soon as he was off the ball, they were asking him to hunt shots and come off screens whether and make plays, whether for himself or for others. Um, and he did a really good job of it. I think BYU has been really creative in finding ways to get uh, their guys shots. Barcelo, uh, it was uh, TJ Haas before that. Uh, they always seem to have a really good shooter from the perimeter that they try to free up in, in unique and creative actions. Um, but they've got to replace him. Uh, they also have to replace Tejan Lucas, who uh, you know didn't necessarily get a lot of acclaim, but I thought he was a solid guard, really quick, um, athletic. He competed, averaged about 10 points on nearly five assists a game a season ago. Um, so you have those two losses as well as Caleb Lohner, who won't be uh, with the team this season. Um, and you're going to have to kind of find some production from returners as well as some newcomers. And when I look at the key pieces that return, uh, two guys in particular you, you, you get excited about and you think that the majority of the responsibility are going to fall on these two guys. And that would be uh, Traore Fossini, who showed some tremendous stretches as a freshman. Um, a little bit of an undersized four, maybe three, but he's very athletic. He's very long. Uh, he competes. He plays really hard. His IQ seems to be growing uh, exponentially. As the season went on, he seemed to be a, a much uh, different player in, in regards to understanding the game and, and how things worked. But he averaged almost 10 points a game, nearly nine rebounds a game a season ago, led the Cougars in blocks last year at only 6'6". Six, six. Um, but where he's best is just being an energy guy, being active. He averaged uh, about three offensive rebounds a game, um, shot nearly 60% from the field. If they can add some of the skill factor to his activity, his athleticism, um, you know, that's a great piece to build around. And then the other returner that uh, is going to have a, a huge opportunity is Gideon George, another 6'6 wing um, who can play on the interior at times, but shot at about 36% from the three, not quite 10 points per game, but about five rebounds a game. Good defender. Um, you know, he's a versatile player, which, you know, it's so funny. Years ago, it would be, here's your point guard. Here's your two guard. Here's your three that would slash. Your four and then your five. You know, uh, players now, uh, they're, they're valued on their versatility, the ability to do different things. And I think that's where BYU, um, you know, has a chance to have a nice little one, two punch with, with Fosini and George is they're, they're both pretty versatile. And if they've improved their skill set and their game over the last nine months, since the season has ended uh, you know, they got something to build upon there. So uh, the other returning piece um, who had 18 starts a season ago, Trevin Nell um, six, five 
perimeter player can handle it a little bit, a little bit, but more of a two guard looking to come off screens and uh, find open areas and knock down shots, competes, defends, understands the system. Uh, a couple of newcomers that uh, I'm personally interested in seeing how these guys kind of join into the mix. And with Gavin Baxter, uh, unfortunately, you know, injuries caught up with him during his time at BYU. He had to call his career short. Um, but, uh, the, 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 the big that I'm really looking forward to seeing, um, and if he has an impact the way that a lot of people are projecting for BYU is Noah Waterman, six eleven, uh, transferring in from Detroit mercy originally from, uh, the East coast. Uh, he's got a chance, uh, to be that interior presence, uh, that BYU really didn't have last year. Typically, when you look at other BYU teams, they've had a couple really um, physical 6'10", 6'11", guys that uh, could bang. Maybe weren't the greatest scorers, but they were screener divers, screeners and rebounders, screeners and spacers. Uh, and then they would would uh, be physical defensively on the low block uh, and then really battle on the glass. They didn't have that last year with that size. Uh, another interesting player will be Jackson Robinson, um, started his career at Texas A&A, Texas A&M, played at Arkansas a season ago, uh, had a couple starts there, but uh, fell out of the rotation. And with the amount of talent that Arkansas brought in, he felt he needed a new place, but uh, could be could be a huge addition for BYU there. And then uh, a perimeter backcourt addition uh, for the Cougars is Rudy Williams, 6'2". Um, big time score from uh, another division one school, coastal Carolina averaged about 15 a game, but shot it at nearly 46% from the three point line, um, played two years, junior college basketball, played a year at Kansas state. And then with COVID year, uh, after his one year at coastal Carolina, he's got an extra year. So, um, I would imagine he would kind of slide into that Alex Barcelo role because of how he shoots it. Um, but he can also set guys up a little bit too. So um, a little bit on their personnel. When you look at BYU's schedule, um, their non-conference, I really like it. It's going to test them early. It's going to test them and get them ready for the WCC play. Uh, they play at San Diego State this year. I mentioned a year ago they they had a nice win against the Aztecs. That one was at home this year on the road. Viejas, one of the best uh, atmospheres in college basketball. That should be a good game. That is on November 11th. Uh, then they they play in one of the premier uh, preseason tournaments, the Battle for Atlantis down in the Bahamas. They're going to open up with USC out of the Pac-12, soon to be Big Ten. Uh, don't get me started on that transition for UCLA and USC. But they'll start with USC, and then they'll play the winner of Tennessee and Butler. So a uh, couple opportunities for BYU to, to you know put some good wins wins that I would imagine have a chance to be a quad one at the very least a quad two game uh, as the season progresses and people really start focusing on that, getting ready for the NCAA tournament. Uh, December 10th, they've got a great game in Las Vegas against Creighton. Uh, Creighton's out of the Big East. Um, I think they've got a chance to have a nice year under Coach McDermott. And then December 17th, another Pac-12 team, uh, one of the uh, – unique rivalries to, to that part of the country. It's BYU against Utah. That game will be in Provo this year. So uh, a good non-conference schedule put together by BYU. And then when you look at the conference schedule, 
They only play St. Mary's once this season. Uh, and that is at home in Provo. So that is a bonus because, you know, St. Mary's, that's a difficult place to play at. They've been really good. I think St. Mary's is going to be very good again this year with a lot of returning players. But then they play Gonzaga twice. They're at Gonzaga February 11th, and then they play the Zags January 12th in Provo. So um, overall, you know, when you look at last season uh, for BYU, I would imagine there was a disappointment level. Um, you know, you had a lot of not necessarily hype, but a lot of hopes and some high expectations leading in especially the way they got off to a great start then injuries and consistency the four game losing streak in in december kind of did them in um but you know i think the wcc has showed that it is becoming a terrific league not that it hasn't been but nationally i think three teams in the ncaa tournament a year ago really put the spotlight on it uh, i would think that three teams could get into the NCAA tournament this year. And then you could have a fourth and a fifth. I'm not saying they're going to make it, but fourth and fifth that are really making it interesting to see who can make that third bid out of the WCC. So appreciate you listening. Don't forget to like subscribe review on any of the social media channels, uh, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We will be back next Monday previewing another opponent of Gonzaga for the upcoming season. Take care. Have a great week.